Hello, it's Deb from Deb's Data Dojo, part of the Calling All Beings podcast network. Today, I have Kenneth Hopkins, who is an experiencer, a disabled Navy vet, writer, and a UFO researcher. He has taken extensive pictures of the phenomenon in order to get as much information as possible. He is interested in the interdimensional and interstellar possibilities of the phenomenon. He is also interested in potential plasma-based teleportation. Additionally, Kenneth studies engineering and is receptive to helping other experiencers. Welcome, Kenneth. Hi. (laughs) Yeah, helping other experiencers has been getting me a lot of information. And and it gets me, so I've been doing interviews in many different countries Mm -hmm. uh, with people having different celestials involvement mm-hmm. most of it is with the higher frequency celestials mm-hmm. i have done research and received experiences from people experiencing very frightening uh experiences especially with the reptilians okay so let's start at the beginning so what um was your first connection to the phenomenon well my first connection and my awareness was about almost 40 years. Uh, so my first connection with blackouts uh, or missing time, I've always called them blackouts, where an hour will pass on a clock in what seems like a split second. Uh, and so in the mid-70s, I was involved in many what I would find out to be abductions with greys in 2003. Uh, But with the women I was with, we went through many missing time episodes. Some were an hour, uh, some were most of a day. Some, uh, the 16 hour was the one that MUFON was very interested in. It took us several years to uncover what occurred in the 16 hour missing time episode. So you initially saw them as blackouts, but you say you've uncovered. So I I have heard before that experiencers sometimes have a memory that triggers what happened during a blackout or an abduction or an experience. Is that what happened for you? Is that how? Yeah, you... my, my son describing his experiences brought the flashbacks back. Uh, and then the flashbacks were very disturbing. Uh I don't know how to describe them, basically with a woman screaming uh, and uh, things that were done to the women that were with me in my car. So uh, in 2003 was when we started working with hypnosis to uncover those memories. Okay. Yeah, I know that some people have used the hypnotherapy process to access those memories. Um, I've heard of some other um, alternative types of hypnotherapy also. Um, Which type did you use? Do you happen to know? We're using a regressive, uh, a regressive hypnosis going back to the time of the missing time. Uh, And we are also accessing with the grays, there were, there were several groups we I'd come to realize were in the abduction process. But with the grays, uh, there was always a blackout, 
even when we did the regressions and I spoke, I didn't remember what I said. And I saw that in other people's uh, hypnosis sessions. They'll come out and not remember what they were screaming about or crying about. Uh, and then the other relationships, which I always thought were dreams, were with the Pleiadians. Now, for those who um, are learning from listening to this, can you please explain what the um, Pleiadians looked like? Uh, they look like us in a lot of ways. Uh, the, the ones that are... Um, the Pleiadians consider those of their earth seeding tens of thousands of years ago is the way they put it, to be Palladian. So they've included those in their breeding project or their breeding program. Uh, they can, so they're connected with many people on earth that are born and raised on earth. I've had all my lives pretty much on earth. Many have had lives and they remember them from other planets and other realities. And they felt that they've been brought here to experience. They don't like what they're experiencing on this planet. Their planets were much more, were higher frequencies is kind of the best way I can think of it. Uh, and here they're being exposed to lower frequencies that they never had exposure to in previous times. All my lives are pretty much on Earth. American Indian, uh, Germany, uh, Great Depression, so I, all mine were pretty much Earth uh, memories and, I got. And when you did the regression with hypnotherapy, did they help you process the past lives also? We accidentally went into the past lives, but we really weren't. What we, as we were doing the hypnosis, we were getting a robotic response in the regressions, and uh, which meant we're observing ourselves. speaking about observing ourselves. So what we realize is that there's, and specifically with the Pleiadians, there's personalities, different personalities of us interacting with them. So to get the information on the Pleiadians we took on, we would bring that personality in. And then he would give so much more definition. We also found in past life, this worked, going for the personality versus the memory. Uh, and we brought some person personalities that have been dead for years, and they come across like they're still alive. So, so what do you think, um, and this is something I've thought about before, before we move on from past lives, what do you think is something that connects us from one life to another? There's a lot of, there's things that, I'm trying to figure out how to say that, there's things that occur in our previous lives we have to complete in this life. There's situations that may have not gone well that we need resolution to. So there's a kind of a connection from one life to another. And a lot of those could become fears, uh, fear of abandonment, uh, and, and these indirectly play out in this life. I also found that the guides set up a, uh, 
the guides set the design to our lives, in the spiritual guides. Uh, it may be a dimension, maybe, uh, but the, the guides work for that resolution with us. There's some input of us, some input of them. And then uh, for me, uh, fears of abandonment came up a lot in the past lives. Uh, mother dying, father dying, living on the streets in Chicago, uh, and then Germany, World War II, Hitler. Uh, and as the Buddhists explained to me, I was confused why I'm having these vivid, lucid experiences in the same time, but other places on earth. And the Buddhists explained to me that uh, it's quite possible to have numerous lives at the same time in different areas on earth. Those are different dimensions. Yes, it can, uh, that gets complicated. I never thought about that. I've heard about some things about like souls being in more than one place at once or something, but that's, that's complicated. That's kind of what it, that's kind of what it ends up being. Like I had dream, I had uh, recollections of Germany and Hitler, but at the same time I was a young ma man in uh, the great depression in Chicago. Uh, so they, uh, and, and that came up on a numerous of my lives is, is the, uh, and so they weren't making sense to me at first. How can you have a life in Chicago and at the same time be in Germany, uh, an officer in uh, Germany in World War II? And then there, were, there was a, another life died in a tank battle. Uh, so... Uh, well, I, I mean, I have a, a speculation about the possibility there. Um, so... Oh, there's a lot of people who are considering the possibility that consciousness is the soul and the soul comes from a main source and the source is entertained by sending out bits and pieces of itself into what we call bodies or vessels. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and that, and then, I, I call that like the biological simulation theory. <laughs> like we're yeah. the, like our bodies are avatars, right? So is it possible that when we go back to the source after death, we may not come out of that return the same way, or maybe we develop a new personality as we mm -hmm. grow from the child to the adult. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, and and the person there could be quite differences in the two different in one personality in one life another personality in other life. I know a woman who was a, a pretty horrible woman in her past life. She was very brutal. In this life, she's a healer. Uh, so there's a lot of going back and forth. I'm trying not to talk with my hands. <laughs> It, it's okay. It's fine if you do. <laughs> Absolutely. That's okay. It's, it's part of expression. And the Buddhists also explain that those lucid experiences are us going back. We're, uh, time exists all at once. Uh, so when I go to my past, 
I'm watching myself do things, observing myself because it's already happened. These things have already been done. So I'm bringing the consciousness from this life to that consciousness, observing it. And the same thing with the future. Uh, I have heard people say that time is a construct um, and that everything is now. There is no past. There is no future. Everything is right at this moment. In one abstract, I think that's correct. Uh, But, uh, of course, to experience it, we have to put time in. If everything is simultaneous, everything has happened, has existed, uh, then time becomes a tool to experience it. In outer body, we are able to leave uh, time and go to another time. I actually just talked to someone the other day who worked on out of body after working at the Monroe Institute. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's funny, funny timing. Um, So, so you had the um, review of past life. You had an understanding of spirit guides. Um, You looked at this in terms of the Buddhist lens. Um, Somewhat, yeah. Right. And you had some, it said you had dreams of um, one species and memories of another. That is correct. I just want to make sure I'm recapping correctly. Okay. Okay. With the ETs, with the Pleiadians, is probably the most consciousness. With the Greys, there is no consciousness. All those memories we had to access through hypnosis. The Greys seem to want what we call alternate. And then they would train and work with that alternate. So that, that alternate coming makes me have a blackout. He takes over. And so that was going on with the Gray's abductions. With the Pleiadians, there's a number of different alternates uh, having relationships with them. Uh, And uh, there was some with consciousness, many without consciousness, many without memory. So the hypnosis helped us get what was going on in those abductions. Some people seem to have fuller memory. Uh, In my interview, some people seem to know everything of their contact with the Pleiadians, Uh, both their contact with the Pleiadians and their, their human existence. They seem to be aware of both with full memory. Uh, I wasn't a, I, had to find out through the personalities what happened. And then we'd speak with the personalities. After we were done, I would not remember what the personality said. So we taped it. And then we'd play the tape. And then I'd know what was going on. Do you think that it is um, some kind of technology that they're using that transforms us from the state that we're normally in on a given day to whatever it is that they're interacting with. Well, they take us out of a deep sleep state, always. So when I had the camera set up, it would show that the abductions occurred in deep states of sleep. Sometimes they'd bring that on. Most time they'd wait for it to happen 
and then they'd take you at that moment. Couple times they got me when I wasn't asleep. Uh, but for the most time, they're pulling us out of uh, deep dream states. Yeah, a lot of Pleiadians. People, a lot of people say 3 a.m. is a big time, which is um, odd to me because that's the same time that is known as the witching hour for people who study um, <laughs> the other aspect of the occult. Yeah, it's, it might have been as late as 6. Uh, it used to be 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock three o'clock in that little early part, but some have been running as late as 6 a.m. So in photo in photographing it, uh, you have to use certain cameras. So the camera I'm using shuts off when the process is occurring. So it, it just shuts off. So you can see the line of white showing that uh, that period of time I was gone. Yeah, again, that that leads me to that question again. Do you think it's a technology that they're using? Because it does seem that camera interference happens to other people. I know that they did some what they call the black box experiments. Um, they I don't know if they do them anymore, but they would put a black box in the rooms of people who were having abduction experiences to see if they picked up anything with electromagnetic interference yeah yeah electromagnetic is what blew the cameras mm -hmm. and it burst the battery so we had to use ac when we were photographing uh we uh, the camera i end up using which i'm working on with videos now was an older camera because the newer cameras were burning out and wouldn't record and we're using security cameras because if you expect because the other thing that's common, and we believe the electromagnetic keeps the other person asleep. So when I'm being abducted, my wife's going to be sleeping quietly. Uh, or when somebody comes into the room, she's going to be out cold. But now if another abductee is in that room with me, they're going to be awake. Yeah, you do hear a lot about abductions happening to couples, though, where they both have some kind of experience. Some say that one doesn't remember as much, but remembers something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was talking about that one show where this woman contacted, knew the other woman mm -hmm. from her experiences with her in the abductions. The only thing is the other woman had no memory of any of it. And with the alternates, that's quite possible. There's many people I've come across, or several people I've come across, that are contactees that have no recollection. Yet I've seen them in the abductions. Right. And there's also been um, some stories about how, like I said, one will remember some part of it. Yeah, yeah. But it will be different for them. And another will remember something completely different. In fact, I think it was... Um, Preston Dennett was talking about a case that he was looking at where one person just vividly remembered, you know, everyone else froze in the room and objects yeah. went through the wall, but yeah. no, no one else recalled that. So it does seem like even when there's multiple people involved, the memories may be different. That's quite possible. When the Greys took us on a beach, there were 20 people on that beach. They froze them all. And then they took me and the woman I was with. Uh, 
And when I started realizing people were frozen, that's where my memory stopped. Now, have you ever seen um, them or anything go through objects? Yeah, I photographed uh, the Bushnell cam camera was helping me with a lot of stuff. It was recording people walking and coming out of walls. But it wouldn't record plasma teleportation. It would, the batteries would blow. It wouldn't record. So then we used a uh, Swan, an old Radio Shack Swan camera, and that was able to get us the most detail. But the electromagnetic continued to be somewhat disruptive. Now, have you decided whether or not you're going to share those videos on YouTube at all, or are you already was, doing that? Uh, I'm I, looking to, uh, with a person, I'm looking to work with them. And uh, I can do YouTube or my Facebook, but, but uh, unfortunately, we've been recording on these cartridges, but they don't work in a normal computer. They have to work in a non-smart TV because it's old technology. Yeah, I know that back when digital became popular, I started converting cartridge things to digital. Um, there's something that might be available to do that. It'd be really great for you to share those. I mean, you're yeah. I'm you're gonna, what I'm going to be doing is putting them on a TV set and then taking the photographs of them on the TV set. Right. Uh, I was trying to get them in the computer, but the computer would not recognize, uh, couldn't do anything with them. Well, okay. Yeah, I just think it'd be great because everyone is starved for as much evidence as they yeah. can get. You know, well, I've gotten a lot of trouble with the original pictures I did, and I published those in 2016. Mm -hmm. uh, the government did not want any of that published. Uh, uh, they uh, they started shutting down store. Like I had put pictures in to be developed in CVS, they disappeared from CVS. Uh, so I had the receipt. But so so whoever is controlling information from me could pretty much get it from does whatever they're doing from the web. Uh, so these attacks on the stores, three stores were shut down yeah. uh, when I was trying to make purchases and use another name. Wow. Now I have, I've heard, you know, there's been uh, some issues in the past with people getting evidence out, uh, pictures being taken, etc. Um, and some people who have experiences like you've had say that they have um, sort of like a government person that watches them um and, yeah and, and monitors them have you sensed that i've been monitored since my involvement with the military and the ets in 1976 okay so and that's not unusual uh they uh delete if i they have control over this computer uh if i write something they don't want me to write about it's deleted in front of me hmm. so Working on my book, I have to work on a thumb drive and on an offline computer. Wow. Because uh, it's all getting deleted. It seems like now they're cutting back on what they're deleting, which I haven't figured out. 
uh, they're letting me write more about the celestial interactions. Uh, where well, before I've... they would delete that immediately. Well, I think that, you know, the government is working on slow drip disclosure. Um, that seems to be the case. There's been a lot of public experiencers coming out, including, I don't know if you're following all that's happening, but um, a former CIA officer recently came out um, who's working with TTSA, um, Jim Semivan. No, what's and he's, that? Okay. Uh, Jim Semivan spoke about his own experiencers. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, experiences. And and okay. he and his wife had them. Um, and then prior to him, um, John Ramirez came out, another CIA officer, and spoke about his. Yeah. Publicly. So it seems like um, we're slowly hearing more from experiencers. In yeah. fact, in fact, it um, seems that way. It seems like an, uh, I'm getting some of the restrictions in the last two weeks seemed to stop. I couldn't write anything on Celestials. Now I'm able to write, and they have control of my cell phone as well. They'll freeze the cell phone if they don't want it written. Hmm. So I had to go to cell phone because I couldn't do anything on computer. Uh, so you've mentioned the military in the 1970s being somehow involved. And now I know that you well, have that, also- that set up the surveillance. Okay. And, and what what military, what branch of the military did that? It was the Department of Defense. Okay, DOD. Okay. Um, and why is it that you suspect it was DOD? Because I was working for them. Oh. And okay. they expressed that they had witnessed an abduction of me and a college girl in Wenham, Mass. Uh, <laughs> so... They, they had apparently followed us. Uh, you know, we were going through top secret security clearances. And when they followed us, they witnessed an abduction and uh, of the girl and myself. And But our memory was that we went to a movie. We both had the same screen memory that we were in a movie. But when they asked us about the movie, we had no memory of the movie. Hmm. Uh, so okay. that they so they they spoke with both of us separately. Are Are you able to say what you did for the DOD? So what the D I really didn't. What the DOD did is after they witnessed the abduction, they said to, decided to bring in an agent. Uh, her name was Nancy, and then. She and I went through over a dozen abductions that summer, uh, including the 16-hour one. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, but I didn't realize she was with intelligence at that time. I, I was fooled by all of the intelligence people. Okay. I believed what they said. When they said they knew my friends, I believed they knew my friends. So I was at 22, I was kind of naive at uh, knowing that they were agents. It wasn't until I put pieces together years later that it, did it come together. Okay. And then the, the agent that I, I, in the book I wrote, UFO Girl, they shot her in the head. Oh my gosh. Because they didn't want her interacting with me. 
she, she had information they did not want her to share. So when I was in town, they shot her. Uh, wow. And so they considered the agents disposable. Now, have you heard from other experiencers any experiences like that where they had an agent or an assigned person for them? Uh, not, no, not most. Most people have agreed that they're, a lot have agreed they're monitored. They're blocked from writing about their experiences, mm -hmm. uh, but not to the level of surveillance that we've had. Mm -hmm. We're a group that has been under heavy surveillance. So there's two others. Mm -hmm. uh, and that includes vehicles, airplanes, wiretaps, electronics in our houses. Uh, but uh, I don't know the reasons mm -hmm. of their interest. Uh, in 1976, they misled me with some information thinking I was going to go visit a girlfriend. Uh, it turned out uh, that uh, she was never there. Uh, a military branch intervened that must have been aware to wiretap about that setup in New Hampshire. And three agents, two with DEA, I don't know who the third one was with, disappeared. Their bodies were never recovered. I went undercover with the FDEA agent to try to find out what happened. Uh, but uh, so so from what I was told, the men that had been present there, they were looking to torture and then kill me. Uh, now, what they were looking to get from me in information, I don't know. I was a naive 22-year-old. So I, I don't, you know, I don't understand uh, a lot of the surveillance or the reasons for the surveillance. Uh, did you ever um, try to get help from somebody with this whole issue of surveillance and uh yeah in 76 and i write about it in the book uh we we uh, were, had all had top secret security clearances and we'd go out at night get a drink get mm -hmm. stoned mm -hmm. and a white cadillac was following us everywhere uh the the, the crew became, or the people I was with became disturbed by that. And they directed me to go to, to military intelligence, uh, a lieutenant commander. I went to the lieutenant commander. He gives me a choice to leave the Navy if I want to with an honorable discharge. But he gives me no information. I went to the FBI. I went to, I went to the FDEA with the information that the, the agent that disappeared had. And that led to a drug bust. And I was thinking everything was connected to the drug bust, but uh, it really had no connection to the drug bust. Uh, the surveillance in, in the boot camp or in the Navy. Uh, so the FBI wouldn't, nobody ever gave me answers. Uh, the FBI brought the car in, scanned the car. The FDEA was interested in the diaries because the diaries, the guy that disappeared gave me distribution places in the New Bayport Havel area. So I had put that in the diary. So that led to the drug bust in 76 in that area. So I always assumed it was them that was tailing me. 
And I was always afraid that the people following me were going to kill me. But in time, I realized all they're doing is following. Okay, so it sounds like since the time you were in the Navy, you were being followed and monitored because they no. were interested in your experience. And they, they were, were interested in something. Yeah. Okay, and your experiences preceded that. Um, so you probably have had them lifelong, right? I've had abductions lifelong. Right. And, and you said your son had them. So it, it goes to the, the concept of, um, genetic monitoring that people yeah. have, have been talking now, is that, about. Is that a pattern of the government with genetic monitoring? Um, it, I don't know about the government part, but I've heard other experiencers say that they've had some kind of monitoring happen. Um, okay. in, including um, those who are trying now still to um, express what's going on. Um, it's, it's odd because they tend to still be successful with getting their message out. So I don't even understand the point of the monitoring at this point. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. But initially they did try to kill me. They made several attempts to kill me before they went into monitoring me. Uh, and they killed other people in that area where that was happening. Yeah. And I, I can't. Um, I so can't, I don't have reasons. Right. I couldn't I couldn't think of a reason either. Um, there's so it many. Seemed, it seemed was, like they were looking for something. Uh that was the best I could, I could figure out. They were looking for something that they thought I knew. Right. And it, well, the reason that's confusing is because so many other experiencers don't, don't have that issue um, yeah. where, where someone's trying to hurt them. Um, in fact, they feel pretty solitary and alone in their experiences. So That's good, yeah. But, but where the, the military witnessed it... Uh, and in several abductions, military helicopters would be involved. Uh, and again, that was back in 76. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and the agents that witnessed it were terrified by what they witnessed. Because mm -hmm. one came up to me and told me, they're going to watch you for the rest of your life. You're not getting away with this. And he was talking about the blackout I had during the abduction with the college student. I wonder what they meant by you're not getting away with it as if you had done it to yourself on purpose. Well, That's peculiar. No, they thought I was Kenneth. Kenneth was the alternate personality that took over. Hmm. Kenneth led the girl to the ship. Hmm. Kenneth basically looked like me to them. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's what the, with a dissociative process. Uh, or multiple personalities, the blackout is a common uh, mm -hmm. symptom that people that people will discuss. But so when I blacked out, Kenneth took over, brought the girl to the woods where the ship beamed her up. Mm -hmm. It was a Grays ship. Uh, but uh, so whenever I was with the Grays, they would somehow initiate the personality Kenneth. Okay. But they seem to play avoidance to me. 
they would never deal directly with me. Telepathically, there was communication. Because mm-hmm. uh, I asked them to check certain people out physically. Uh, they followed through on some of that. Uh, with time distortions, they prevented my death on several occasions. Mm-hmm. Uh, collision with vehicles, trucks. Mm-hmm. Now, do they have other messages for you? More general messages, messages that you feel you need to convey? Well, I've been writing. The Pleiadians have been expressing their, their government structure, their economic structure, and how that economic structure uh, and they, they have a council of elders or a council that makes the decisions. Uh, there is, there's no, there's nothing to be profit by being on that council. There's no motives. They don't use money. Uh, and they don't have the profit thing, uh, which is basically the cause of our wars. So they showed me a structure uh, in their religion they consider the body is the temple. Crimes against the body are the most serious crimes. Christianity takes the five commandments and it tells you how to worship God. So the body is the temple. Uh, uh, to touch or violate the body is a serious crime. Uh, so, and, and we had conflicts because, uh, you know, the contactees, of earth were at the same, we could become aggressive. Uh, we have a very different uh, reality perspective. And so if we became aggressive, we were sent back immediately. Uh, so they discouraged all the aggression. Yeah, I actually have long thought that one of the hesitations on contact for most people would be that would be afraid of our being aggressive because it's it's my suspicion that another non-human intelligence would want to protect their species and yeah. would and we'd be pretty risky and dangerous for them. So they set rules for us on how we interact with them. Mhm. They also have a matrix that I don't, a very different basis for their culture and society that I'm not familiar with. Uh, I'm familiar with Earth's culture and how things are done on Earth, kind of like the Earth matrix, Mm -hmm. but their aspects I'm not familiar with, Mm. other than some some of the more broader stuff. now, so the, the council that you mentioned, a lot of people have spoken about a council, um, yeah. but the council that some people have encountered um, through meditation or with the assistance of uh, a light being, etc., is not, I think, the same. The one that most people talk about has multiple species involved. Is okay, that, that would be the Galactic Federation. Hmm. Okay. The council I'm talking about is the body of people that oversee the group I'm in, I'm with. I don't know how, how many they oversee. I was brought before the council several times, but they were all Pleiadian. I've okay. had no experience with the Galactic Federation. 
Okay, because the, the the experiencers that I've spoken to about a council, um, it's it's multiple beings, but yeah. it's all it's I, they've never said uh, that they're a federation or anything like that. But they what say they they're doing? they're a council, and they have been very rude to anyone huh. trying to interact with them. And, and that may be coming out of the reptilian experience, mm -hmm. but the Galactic Federation, a number of people wanted to stop their interactions with the reptilians. Uh, and so they went before the council, the, the, the Federation, and uh, a number of different ETs of different species interceded for the communication to get the reptilians to leave this woman alone. Uh, so that wasn't a, so she got away from what they were doing. The reptilians work with fear. Uh, so when people are describing frightening abductions, they're not with the higher frequencies, they're with the lower frequency beings. So the, the term reptilian is one that I have to admit that I have a problem with because the actual term reptilian comes from someone who um, was very attention seeking. But I've also heard about beings that could be called reptilian, but because they have like, you know, scaly skin. So is it a semantics issue or are you? No, part there's, of that? there's, um, there's, a, there's, I, I was with a reptilian a favorable one, a higher frequency one. Mm -hmm. uh, the reptilians can cloak. They can look like you and me, and they could be sitting in a chair next to you, mm -hmm. and you wouldn't know it. Mm -hmm. and, and in the Hollywood screens, when a woman was unveiling them by photographing, videoing a show, and she can see where the cloaking or them looking like humans, areas broke through, which showed clawed hands. But the particular reptilian being I'm talking about uh, mm -hmm. plays heavy control on our culture and in and a lot sight as being behind the COVID uh, vaccine and the COVID virus. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're about uh, their connection with the Masons uh, they took over the Masons in one article I came across, but supposedly the Masons did not exist to be reptilian, but the reptilians took over. Mm. Uh, and that may have been several hundred years ago, I'm not sure. But the reptilians are about enslavement. Uh, they're about uh, materialism. Uh, anybody having involvement with them is dealing with fear. Uh, but there are good reptilian group. Well, I would but also the argue there's also majority of Masons are good because the point of Masons is to be charitable and chivalrous. Yeah, but the Masons meeting in England was discussing eliminating a population group, a mm -hmm. racial population group. In the meeting they had, members had walked out. There's many levels in the Masons hierarchy. Mm -hmm. The level above 20 will have you involved directly with the reptilians. Mm. Uh, but the the Republican agenda, the Masons agenda are very much in line with each other. Uh, 
but the uh, and the role of the Antarctic in the shadow governments is another very complicated mess. But uh, I don't know if you know about Admiral Byrd's raid on the Antarctic. Um, I don't. I've heard some stuff about it. Yes. Okay, his book, I believe, has been released. Mm-hmm. But uh, his National Geographic was going to do an expose on it. He was doing a book on it. Uh, it got blocked from uh, being distributed. Mm-hmm. And then he went back to uh, the Antarctic to never return again. But the government had a lot of fear with him talking to reporters. Mm-hmm. He came back in a hospital. So the, I believe the book has been released. Mm-hmm. And he came back. He and the Allies went in to attack the Antarctic. They mm-hmm. lost the battle. Several years later, the U.S. is giving uh, U.S. printing plates for U.S. money to mm-hmm. them. So this seemed like here we are fighting them. And then mm-hmm. suddenly we're giving them U.S. plates so they could print money. Okay. Hmm. But... Is that from Operation High Jump? I believe that it had a number of names. I believe that was one fire in the sky because mm-hmm. uh, the ships were firing. The mm-hmm. UFOs were firing at the ships. Okay. Uh, but I haven't, I looked at that loosely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I haven't read his book. I believe his book was released like five or ten years ago. Okay. I'll see he if dis- I can find he discovered, that. He discovered the reason he was picked, he was a great explorer of the Antarctic. He discovered them living underground hmm. and it was kept quiet. So because he was aware of them, that was why he was turned into an admiral to lead a fleet against them. Hmm. I know that people have talked about that, but it's been hard to find concrete evidence for that oh, and, I, and some people yeah. think it was misinformation designed to throw off Russians or something like that uh, it was pretty real and mm-hmm. uh, his book will explain something of it but um, basically that became the government above governments mm-hmm. the puppet government uh, mm-hmm. uh, German subs disappeared there the Allies followed Germany uh, to the Antarctic. Mm-hmm. That's where they withdrew to. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of the missing people were believed had gone there, along with the missing subs and a lot of stuff that was missing in the German military. Uh, okay. um, so I wanted to ask what you think about what's been going on lately with conversations related to UFOs for instance you know the videos that came out from the Navy and the NDAA um, where they have said that they will begin to study UAPs seriously they know everything on the UAPs so you know the military is very aware of the UAPs. They've reversed engineered them. They've flown them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of like a half ass. Uh, they know a lot more than they're going to say. 
Mm -hmm. So are you um, with the mindset that some people have that there, all of this current work is being done so that they could start revealing some of the technology that they already have? Yeah, the technologies are being used by these, I'll call them secret military groups that have the ET technologies. They use plasma teleportation. They have the advanced medical process. Uh, uh, and I've been, and there's been one group I've been involved with, a military group that is on ships. Uh, so the, the technology has made many millions and I don't think they're going to fully share the technologies. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and as long as it's just saying UAPs, uh, they still aren't disclosing the interactions with humans in the celestials. I uh, and that's what my focus is on. I do believe biological effects um, is included in the NDAA language. And I think that there was at some point a nod to experiencers in some other aspect. Um, and I also believe that ATIP had covered that human interactions was a facet of this phenomenon. So I do think there's some hope that that will happen, that they will address experiencers. Yeah. First, they've been blocking experiencers, and they're letting certain people through. Uh, my book was real difficult getting published. Mm -hmm. Once we got it published, nobody could buy it for the first year. They can order it, but they weren't going to receive it. Uh, and then the books I was mailing to people disappeared. A lot of mail interception on the books I was mailing out. Mm -hmm. Eventually, a year later, uh, my editor was getting the books for me, but nobody else could get the books. Hmm. Have you considered doing a PDF or Kindle version? Uh, there was. Uh, right now, we may be republishing it. It was taken out of publication. So mm -hmm. uh, a publisher is showing interest in republishing it. Okay. Uh, but it's out of public, and I don't have any. I was giving everyone I had away. Right, because I was going to say that nowadays, if you get it in a PDF version or a you know Kindle version, it's pretty instantaneous for people to access. So, yeah, yeah well, if they get it, well, it stopped. They stopped printing about two years ago. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm looking to have this other woman uh, publisher mm -hmm. print it, and then on the Grace Hybrid program. Mm -hmm. uh, they destroyed that that book when I was working on it with computer attacks. My wife and I managed to salvage it. And uh, this other party is interested in its publication. Okay. Can you tell us um, a little bit about that book? Like, okay. what is it? What do you think is going on with the hybrid program? Okay. The hybrid program was approved by the president. Uh, in the, in the agreements in 1954. And the grays were basically genetically dying out. So they needed infusion into their genetics. Otherwise, as a race, they're going to die. Uh, so that's what they, and they were doing it prior to 
the Eisenhower negotiations. Uh, but then they, it was approved, Eisenhower approved it because he, with their technologies, he saw no way we could prevent them from doing it. Then the Grays went way overboard, way beyond what the government expected them to do. Some say what the Grays did with the hybrid program was a main reason why it never got released to the public. Because initially they were supposed to release the negotiations publicly. Then they decided they wouldn't do that publicly. Uh, and then the, the people involved were told if they spoke, they had this thing with piano wired. Uh, they'd get piano wired. Wow. Uh, so they gagged a lot of the people involved in these projects. Uh, they weren't going to speak. Uh, one guy uh, spoke publicly and uh, I had his report that was done the day before his, they killed him. And then they stole that. I've had numerous house break-ins where my writings are being taken out. Hmm. And that's been ongoing. Certain things, they don't want me writing about certain things. Well, what can you say what those certain things are you think that they're trying to stop? Well, when we were discussing the clones, the clone program, mm -hmm. they shut the radio show off. Okay. So, so that was one. Because, uh, uh, and then they haven't, I've talked about the U.S. military group in what looks like old gray ships. I don't know if they're old gray ships or reproduced ships. Mm -hmm. uh, but in one of my abductions, and it was the only one I ever, ever had where there were humans in it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, Right now, for some reason, they're letting me write. Okay. So I don't understand why. For years, they were deleting a lot of stuff. If I said something wrong on a program, they'd shut the program down. Hmm. Uh, okay. But for some reason, things seem to be lightening up. Right. Well, so I do I've been writing more. I use Facebook mm -hmm. uh, as a, a forum and the other groups I'm involved with. Because uh, it's the only international forum I've been able to find that I can use. Mm -hmm. Okay, I um, happen to interact on Facebook and Twitter and a whole bunch of other places, and it's interesting because um, you get something a little bit different depending on where you go. <laughs> yeah. so I feel like uh, Facebook is a little bit more open-minded, um, you might say, and then um twitter is very serious about evidence for instance yeah. Yeah. i perhaps that is as someone suggested that i was listening to um yesterday in, in uh, the calling all beings uh interview possibly because of the limitations when you have twitter you have to like curtail how much you have to say so perhaps that's why we're very serious on twitter <laughs> yeah yeah at lincoln i got involved with a lot of radio programs have come out of lincoln but i was frustrated with lincoln because i was limited to what i could write mm -hmm. uh, but facebook there was no limit now do you feel like you have a lot of support over there on facebook strangely enough yes I don't know why, but they, all the memories they're bringing up have to do with the ETs. Right. 
And I so, imagine other people are also relating to that and having similar experiences. Yeah, so they've been very supportive. Uh, I'm not very tolerant with negativity mm -hmm. on Facebook. So mm -hmm. I, I, I'm always, uh, so I have no trouble getting rid of people mm -hmm. that I bring on. I find a lot of people seem to have a tolerance to very negative people on their Facebook which gives them a negative Facebook experience. I think it's uh, once you engage in social media, you just kind of know that that's going to happen at some point. There's going to yeah. be some naysayers and critics yes. and keyboard warriors. Yeah. So that's just part, <laughs> so part of I, I removed them pretty quickly. So what I'm trying to do right now mm -hmm. is get an international forum on my Facebook of contactees. Mm -hmm. So that's I what... I'm working for have you considered um being a part of a group like for instance opus opus or um the four experiencer group there's there are two really popular experiencer groups yeah i i was involved in one in england and then there's another one with julie mckay i think it is mm -hmm. that she does on thursdays that mm -hmm. i would have been participating in tonight Mm -hmm. uh, so I've been doing some stuff with groups. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not familiar with the groups that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, so Opus is um, very special um, because it involves therapists who are supportive of people who have had um, paranormal yeah. experiences. How's it called? Opus. Okay, that's what I figured. Okay. Yeah, and I was. Um, yeah, about opus um some time ago and um actually they have videos on youtube so you can see some of the people um who are part of opus interviewing people um and they're very open-minded and they don't just work with people who have had uap experiences but they also work with people who have had other kinds of um paranormal experiences and they're very supportive because I think they take seriously the role that therapy is supposed to have, which is to provide support for the symptoms, yeah. not the cause. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, the psychologists and the psychiatry uh, association has treated a lot of contactees and abductees, including myself as delusional. Mm -hmm. So where I found the support was with the groups. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and the military wasn't being honest. Uh, they're not going to admit that there is ETs out there. I even showed them pictures of an ET. They're, they're going to play dumb to all that. So that's why I kind of gave up with uh, discussing it with the, with the military psychologists and psychiatrists. Right. What's really interesting is I'm um, showing them surgical marks, right? That are a foot long, that mm. people wake up with. They're telling me self mutilation. Wow. And uh, and so these marks on many people. I have photographs of the marks. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, my wife had never had marks on her until after our marriage, mm -hmm. uh, and I photographed the marks on her. Mm -hmm. And uh, those marks are saying, yes, this person was operated on. 
mm. at night. Um, well, I do think since so. The have, evidence they deny as well. Right. Since you have photographs and videos, and I definitely want to see your ET photo, by the way. So if you can find a way to send that to me, I want to see it. I definitely do. Um, but I think since you have so much information, if you could get that person who said they were going to help you get that data out, I think that would be great so that people could see that. Yeah, I'm going to put it on. I got five discs. Uh, that I'll I'll put it. I was looking for an old non-smart TV, mm -hmm. uh, and the small flat screen ones. Mm -hmm. But I haven't been able because that's the only thing I could play these these uh, these cartridges mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. So I have an old TV. I was hoping the computer would be able to process them, mm -hmm. but it, it doesn't recognize the setup. So, but so then what I do is I plug them into the TV and mm -hmm. then photograph what comes up on the TV. Right. Cause I would like to see the, um, yeah. the ET um, for sure. <laughs> like I, yeah. I actually on the UFO connector have, um, very little related to ET, believe it or not. Um, that's a popular hypothesis for the UAPs. And yet that seems to be the one I have the least support for. Huh? Interdimensional seems to have a little bit more support. Well, Even that interdimensional, that's another whole game I haven't figured out. Right. Uh, well, my my thought <laughs> is that, you know, if Eric Davis is correct and they're using wormholes, which, of course, Eric Davis is very smart, so he's probably right, that um, there's a pretty good possibility that you know, portals, wormholes could be going from interstellar or interdimensional. Like, there's no reason to roll one out over the other at this point. We I have no idea. Both are probably occurring. Yep. Uh, uh, the uh, the one time I was awake, a woman formed in my bathroom and became mm -hmm. as solid as me. Mm -hmm. I got up, I approached her, boom, we were somewhere else. But normally that doesn't happen when I'm conscious. That's the first time I experienced teleportation consciously with a person visiting me. Yeah, and did they ever explain what they want with you specifically? Well, that one was the breeding program. Mm -hmm. And they were using a lot of people, uh, you know, interbreeding. They were the breeding included the ones that were from their planets as well as those living on Earth. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that was uh, 2010 became a heavy time when I was involved with their breeding project. Right. Mm. And uh, the uh, and again some of the women were you know they were definitely Earth. Uh, and then some of theirs have learned the English language. They speak verbally and telepathically at the same time. Hmm. Uh, so we have a lot going on. <laughs> there's a lot going on. Right. Like, what? Uh, yeah, I just, I was going to say we have a lot to figure out and a lot to get answers for. Um, uh, yeah. The purpose is pretty clear of why the higher frequencies are here. 
and, and they're collectively looking to raise the frequency of earth. Hmm. So the souls, so there's the souls of those from their civilizations, they're being born into the people of earth. Okay. So they're probably just trying to get the vessels ready is what you're saying. Uh, well, they, as the world's population increases, lives have to come from somewhere. Right. So collectively, the higher frequency celestials decided to uh, bring it to Earth. And in the babies that would be born, they would be basically soulmates. So there's a lot of soulmate connections between ETs and contactees. Okay. That's interesting. I actually feel like um, that lines up with some things some other people have said. Do you also get this sense that the time frame for the non-human intelligences conveying that they're here to the public is soon? I haven't figured that out. The Palladians wanted me to do an international seance setup. But with COVID and so forth, I was never able to get. But they were looking to set up for direct communication with a group in a seance format. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was never able to get that together. Uh, but their, their main, there's a lot of, a lot of corruption in this society. Our, our society is pretty backwards. Mm -hmm. It's the best way I can think of it. Uh, when I'm seeing them hang a man in the basement of a jail, uh, a, lot, mm -hmm. a lot of the things that I've seen, uh, their worlds are very quiet, very peaceful. They're very accommodating. They're very accepting. Uh, it would be nice to see some of that brought to earth where there isn't that division and that hate. Right. So you don't have a sense of a time frame at all? Oh, God. They, they've not been very nice. They've not helped me out on that one. Okay. I've been asking for time frames for a while. Well, let me uh, know. Let me know. And you can tell them I asked. Yeah. But I have, they have sent me to their future. And they have, and of course, I, the past was more my doing without a body. Mm -hmm. But they've sent me to the future in the breeding program. Mm -hmm. uh, and basically, the world was very different. Most of life was gone. People were living in the remnants of technology. There was, there was no technology, maybe a phone. Mm. But basically, the technology was gone, and people were living in the remnants of what was left here. Mm. I don't know what time period I went. Mm -hmm. uh, but... Um, well, a number you said of other people have gone ahead and seen uh, primitive log cabins. Uh, basically, a, a big reversal of what we got here. And we have seen in the past our civilizations have gone through cycles like that before. Yeah. Looking, for instance, at the Mayans, they had built a huge empire. They suspected millions of people lived in it. 
And then they disappeared. <laughs> they left, yeah. And they, they actually um, had a calendar, I think, that let them know that it, there was a time for change. So yeah. they, they speculate there are other possibilities for that departure. But um, yeah, so humans do go through cycles. Well, and they, Yeah, they just, when they're finding five million year old fossils of sandals that were made in a factory, uh, the black market uh, anthropology people need to look at. Yeah. But anthropologists are throwing it all out. Science uses the word phenomena to not explain things. Mm -hmm. But in the, yeah, rules, in the rules of science, there well, are no exceptions. If there's an exception, it can't be accepted as a rule, rule of science. Well, we certainly have a, a lot that we would hope that we could get more information on for sure. And that's yeah. just the tip of the iceberg we touched on today. Um, <laughs> So un unfortunately, we've uh, gone a little bit past the time. Okay. So, so I wanted to give you a chance to let people know where they can find you if they have questions or if they um, want to look for those videos and pictures when you start putting them out or if they even just want to know about your books. Could you please uh, let people know where to find you? Well, my Facebook, which I believe is Kenneth Hyde Hopkins, mm -hmm. it has an H in a, in a circle. Mm -hmm. That's the best way to recognize it, uh, and and I and there's a lot of information we're sharing on that and mm -hmm. posting on that. But it also it goes public, so mm -hmm. it goes beyond the Facebook people. Mm -hmm. So it goes. I I've had contact from people in other countries. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, if they wish to talk to me, uh, khop53 at outlook.com. Okay. And, and I'm looking for people to tell me their experiences. Mm -hmm. So that was probably be the best place. K-Hop. Uh, uh, what was it? Outlook. Yeah, K-Hop 53 at Outlook. Mm -hmm. And so that's an excellent medium that I've been communicating with a lot of people and sharing information right. from. And could you please um, speak to your books? Uh for, it's an, it, it was published in 2016, which was when I was starting to put everything together. So mm -hmm. it's a collage of the photographs of hypnotic regressions of interactions with the Palladians. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's kind of a conglomerate of things. So we're looking, uh, I think this publisher is really interested in republishing it. Okay, and it's called UFO Girl, is that correct? No, that's a chapter in it. Okay, what is the title? Uh, it's called Earth Transformations. Okay, Earth Transformations. Okay, thank yeah. you. Okay, so um, if anyone wants to reach out to Kenneth, he's got the LinkedIn also. Um, do you want to let people know where that is? Which one? Uh the, well, I have I'll have it linked in the bio. Don't worry. So you people okay, can okay. find you there. Yeah. Okay. So and, gonna, yeah. Okay. And um, thank you so much for coming and speaking to me today about your experiences. Um, it's and it's, you know just the to just thinking about some of the things that we're all trying to get through and understand also with me today. I appreciate yeah. that. And my 
information on the future is hopeful. Okay. Is optimistic. And so that's all I can say. <laughs> but I think things are going to change for the better as we go into the higher frequencies. Uh, deception is going to not be able to survive. Well, I, I can imagine a world that doesn't involve money. And I imagine... No. I imagine that understanding that um, the changes on the planet are not necessarily going to be what people think. Because a lot of people think it's we're going to have a war or something. But I think it's moving. Yeah. I don't think that's it. I think that people are going to move. Yeah, well, the, the Greys have built enough ships, they said, in 2010 to evacuate the Earth. Right. I, I, that's That's what I think. But that's a whole different... To different reasoning for my thoughts on that but yeah. <laughs> well thank you again so much for coming today i'm going to go ahead and say goodbye to everybody um this is deb from calling all beings um podcast network this is deb Sada dojo um if anyone wants to reach me i'm at study of uaps you can find me on twitter facebook linkedin instagram um, and of course the ufoconnector.com and I'll be also on the Calling All Beings YouTube channel um, good night everybody and have a good day if it's day for you take care <laughs>